not even because of the value that they offered, but because of the energy in their voice when they spoke. You could hear they were excited to be there. How do you get that energy? One of the two ways that I know is the boogie. So mm. chucking on a good song, like an old, like, you know, um, road trip playlist and putting it through shuffle and just having a good dance. I'm a shocking dancer, appalling, terrible. And people tell me that and that's okay. <laughs> it's not for them. It's me. One of the most difficult things about starting this journey is actually having patience with yourself mm. and being kind to yourself along the journey and understanding that there's going to be days where you don't feel as confident. There's going to be days where you're absolutely crushing it. And it's just riding that wave and going with that ebb and flow and understanding that you're still growing every day. You don't take a backward step. You're a speaking coach. I am. Do you prefer to listen or speak? Oh, no, what a terrible question. <laughs> oh, gosh. I should say listen. No, oh, but it's, it's definitely speaking. <laughs> Welcome to the Post School Podcast with me, Nathan Moss, an extension to the Uncle Nathan blog that sees me chatting with some pretty amazing people about their journey with the hope that you guys can take something away from it to apply in your own lives. Join me as I chat to leading academics, roaring social media influencers, big business execs, local business inspirations, students just like you and I, and so many more incredible people. Annalise, thanks for coming on the Post School Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm really, really, really good. Yeah. That is really, really, really good. Three reallys. So, um, speaking coach, what yes. does that mean? So I basically work with women to train them how to speak confidently, how to handle themselves in professional environments, how to connect with their audience, show up on camera. It entails a lot of different types of things, but basically it's speaking with confidence is the bottom line of what I do. That's pretty cool. And you just do it with women? Just women. Why is that? I've always taught a female audience and I was raised in an environment where I was taught with other females so I've always connected a lot easier with a female audience I have coached men before and I've worked with mm. men and I do corporate workshops so I'm not going to say all right this half of the room you men go in here and women stay here oh, it's not like that at all but just in a one-on-one setting I prefer to work with women it's just an audience I know better fair enough mm. and you've got your own business that has come from this how did it all start did you just decide okay I'm a good speaker I'm going to start a business or you got some training throughout your younger years how did that come about yeah we definitely got training so I grew up with a lisp which was something that as a young kid was quite cute and endearing but then got to the point where they were like all right we need to sort this out yeah, <laughs> get rid enough. of it uh, so I ended up going into speech pathology for a few years which then turned into going into a public speaking program where I was trained how to speak properly how to debate how to do impromptu speaking in a whole bunch of different things and so all in all that training went for about 14 years in my schooling and then after I graduated the school that I got trained through asked me to come back as a public speaking teacher Mm. and then I started coaching on the side so I started training women and other men on how to speak confidently and whatnot so ended up coaching for about five years and then last year I was supposed to travel to China for a year And then lo and behold, COVID happened. (laughs) And so, yay, didn't end up going. And I had a bit of an epiphany in probably probably this time, about March or April, May last year, Mm -hmm. where I thought the one thing I know that I'm really good at and that I always get asked advice on is public speaking, handling yourself in different speaking environments and how to speak eloquently and confidently in front of a crowd or in front of a group of people. And so I realized, well, if that's one thing that I really want to help people with, then I should probably have a company behind me to back that so I can start serving a larger audience. Mm. So funny thing is I established my business in May. 
So I had my logo, May 2020. Yeah. Had so my logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally a year ago. Oh my gosh, anniversary. Yay. <laughs> um, I had my, my logo, my website, had my first professional photos taken ever, which was bloody intimidating. Uh, so I had everything ready to go. Didn't launch until the end of November. Wow. And the reason that happened is because I had a good six, seven months of just imposter syndrome. Mm. Who are you to coach? Why would people listen to you? What value do you add? Who You're so young. Why would people, like what? It was just a spiral of all of wow. these negative thoughts where I basically psyched myself out of, you don't have the right to be a coach. You don't have the right to train other people. Why would people want to listen to you? What, what value do you offer to other people's lives? You're 22. And that took a long time to admit to and to say out loud, 22, yeah, wow. right? And so that's one thing that I became really insecure about. And it wasn't until I had a conversation with my friend in November where she was training, training for a job interview and she really wanted this job. And so she sat down with coffee for me to, you know, have a chat and do kind of like a hypothetical interview mm. for the job. And she got really flustered and frustrated during our coffee chat. And she was like, oh, well, Annie, it's really easy for you to say because you're so good at this. Like, you've, you've always been good at speaking. Like, it's really easy for you to just sit here and give me advice and whatnot, because like, it, it's actually really difficult for me, because I can't, I can't do it. And I just went into this massive monologue of like, yes, you fucking can. Like, oh, yeah. wait, can we swear on here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. go for it, go for it. <laughs> so, yes, you fucking can. <laughs> like, you can do it. And like, here's how we're going to do it. And I kind of like went into my element when mm. I was sitting with this young woman. And I realized, if that's one person in a 40-minute setting that I could help. It was almost selfish of me to withhold my skills and my knowledge and what I knew from a larger audience because I knew I could help so many people. Wow. So that then led me to release my first ever Instagram post at the end of November <laughs> in 2020. That's so sick. Yeah. Where, I think it's really interesting the fact that you've gone from imposter syndrome, thinking you're not good enough, mm. to thinking not, oh, this is going to sound wrong, thinking I'm so good that I need to be helping people. But like, it's gone from the whole selfish because you think you're not good enough to selfish because I'm not actually helping it's people. It's exactly right. And I recently posted a video about this is you actually, if you are someone that adds value to people's lives, if you are trained professionally, if you've had any kind of experience or learnings or opportunities in your life, you are selfish not to share that with other people. Mm you are actually doing a disservice to your audience and the people that you know and you care for and you love because you know so much that could help others. But we have this really annoying thing in our brain that tells us, who would listen to you? Yeah, it's always there. Why would people? Everyone feels it. Everybody feels it. Everybody. Yeah. Like Just before with you saying, oh, you've got your shit together, I'm like, I really don't. And yeah. like, I'm happy the exterior looks that way, but it's so not true. And everybody's yeah. constantly working towards figuring this, themselves out and answering mm. these questions and dealing with these mindset blockages. Mm. And I feel like that idea of, you know, it's selfish not to share still reigns really true for a lot of people. You yeah. know, you have to get your voice out there and you, you have to share what you know. I love that because it's like, why do you do something in the first place? Why do you try and better yourselves? Yeah. It's not anything really to do with you. You're trying to better no. yourself to help someone else or do it so you feel good because someone else recognizes Exactly. It. And this is why some businesses thrive and others don't because you have some people that work according to their why. So mm. they have a really strong calling of this is the target audience I want to help. This is the reasons I want to help them. This is how I will help them. That's my why. Mm. And then you have people who just go into business because they want to make money or they want to be famous. And you'll notice that there's a certain disconnect with the audience of the people that are following those who are 
just money or fame hungry, whereas those who genuinely want to help their audience. Mm. And it comes down to are you serving your why and are others allowing you to serve that? Yeah, it's always backwards. Like so many people do it backwards. They think money first, helping people comes later. It's, yeah. If you want to make money, you have to help people. Like it's that simple and yeah. no one really gets it. Yeah. So answer me this. How does your business do that? What do you actually do with clients? So I work one-on-one with women and there's different packages that I offer in my company. But for every single woman, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. So I always say in the consultations, I cannot give you a map that I've given the consult I had with like the person that I had a consult with yesterday mm. because it's going to be completely different to what you need. So some women are working with limiting beliefs and mindset blockages that they've had since they were 12 years old. Other women are really confident, sexy, gorgeous women who can hold themselves in a boardroom. But when it comes home to speaking to their partner, they really struggle. Wow. And so it completely differentiates between woman to woman. So yeah. a lot, just very broadly and genuinely, people that work with me can expect to work on voice technique and you know strengthening your vocal cords and being able to carry your voice in a room. And then mm. obviously developing confidence. And that comes from changing your mindset and putting yourselves in the discomfort zone and learning about what is the comfort zone in discomfort zone and why do we have to be there and then implementing that in different scenarios you know in your day-to-day life that's so cool you're so cool (laughs) is there like an age for that like is someone too young to say hey i want to become better at public speaking not at all not at all and i've spent many years training kids from the age of five to the age of 17 18 so Mm. it's a skill anybody can learn but for my business in particular i train more so corporate women so from the age of say 20 to 40 is usually the age range i work within at what point does someone say, hmm, maybe I should reach out to Annalise and see if she can help me? I'll tell you what, it's quite the realization to come to. And the first thing, and anybody who's listening to this that works with me know this, if somebody reaches out to me and they say, hey, Annalise, I want to work with you. Or I want to get speaking coaching. I give them like a standing ovation of compliments. <laughs> like you have no idea how difficult it is to take that first step mm. to actually admit this is something I struggle with. I'm going to intentionally put myself in my discomfort zone here. I'm going to put my money on the line and I'm going to work really hard to get better at something that I know I don't enjoy doing. Like to make that commitment is phenomenal. So I always applaud any of the women who reach out to me and say they want to work with me because it's the hardest thing to do is to take the first step. Mm. But once that first step is taken, then the rest is history. (laughs) Let's let's dive deeper into that. How yeah. do you take the first step? Like, what does it take for you to be like sitting there knowing that maybe you're not up to scratch with something that you want to be better at, but at the same time, you're thinking, I'm good enough. Yeah. What does it take for you to then flip that switch and say, you know what, I'm going to reach out to someone? Well, a lot of the time it can be circumstantial. For, for some people who are in a corporate environment, it can be actually an external demand that means I need to get better at public speaking. So mm. it could be they're being called on more in board meetings or they're being asked to present at work. So that's an external influence of them saying, wow, I actually need to step up my A game here and become a better and more confident speaker. So that's an external influence. And then there's internal. And internal is always the one that's difficult to register and process and actually listen to. But that's usually the voice that always says, man, I wish I was just more confident when I went out for drinks with my friends or like, I really want to ask a guy out, but I just don't, I don't have the confidence to do that. So there's those kind of internal dialogue and those situations which can give you that, I guess, 
push to maybe this is something I want to get training on. And mm. this is the thing about public speaking, and I will say this till the day that I die. Public speaking is not standing up in front of a crowd with a piece of paper and a microphone and a lectern and a PowerPoint presentation. That's the traditional Toastmasters definition of what public speaking is. You do public speaking every freaking day. Yeah, in everything that you do in every day. everything that you do every single day, you do public speaking. What we're doing right now, this is public speaking. Yeah. I don't have a script in front of me, neither do you. You know, So it is this whole process of just speaking off the cuff in any situation. It could be calling your mum at the end of the day. That is public speaking. Mm. So I think for people to take the first step, first deciding is it going to be day one or is it going to be one day? All right, it's going to be day one. How are we going to do that? Well, I've decided that I actually want to be confident when I speak with my friends and we go out and you know what, I have a presentation coming up at work that I really want to get better at. The first thing you can do is follow me on Instagram. That's free. <laughs> and I try and give as many tips as I can to my audience because I feel like, you know, the way that I, do, I teach public speaking is very non-traditional. So it's I try and make it fun and engaging and non-intimidating, mm. which is the way that it should be. What does it actually look like? Like when, when you're teaching someone, what does that process look like? Well, for people that work with me one-on-one, -on -one, they could work with me for a one-off session, they could work with me for five, for 10, for six months. It depends on what they need. But it would look like a one-hour, one-on-one session. It could be once a week, it could be twice a week, it could be once a month. It depends on their goals and what they need and how quickly they want to see results. But the main thing that's important to address with this conversation is that habit can't be corrected overnight. Yeah, I think that's something that if anyone was going to reach out to you or if anyone is just trying to better themselves in general, yeah. it doesn't just happen because you decide exactly one right. day that it's going to happen. Exactly right. And this isn't just public speaking. This is any skill. If you've formed, you know, saying you're trying to get better at soccer, you play soccer. For six years, you kicked the ball a certain way and it never lands in the goal, right? Now you're like, all right, I got to work on my kicking. You're trying to correct six years of habit of your foot mm. turning a certain way. Now, I don't play soccer, so this is probably the worst <laughs> analogy in the world. You're probably like kicking the ball. What are you talking about? Uh, but you get the idea, right? Yeah. So for a lot of women that reach out to me, if they have mindset and limiting beliefs that have been with them since they were young girls, we can't correct that overnight. And one of the most difficult things about starting this journey is actually having patience with yourself mm. and being kind to yourself along the journey and understanding that there's going to be days where you don't feel as confident. There's going to be days where you're absolutely crushing it. And it's just riding that wave and going with that ebb and flow and understanding that you're still growing every day. You don't take a backward step. Mm. You're constantly moving forward. Yeah, that's so cool. And I love that you speak from the perspective of a girl because obviously I've got the uh, the comparison of the perspective of the boy yeah. in that we have the exact same thing. Yeah. Like both of us have those thoughts, have those days where we're not confident, we don't feel empowered, but just want to be lazy. And like, yeah. that is fine. Yeah. Like if you're on this journey and wanting to get somewhere, it's okay to have a day off. And I think a lot more people need to accept the fact that they're not the only person having a day off that day. Like you've just come off a few days not feeling the best. Yeah. And you said today you were so happy with yourself that you could actually stop for a few days yeah. and just recover. I feel like most people don't understand that enough. Oh my gosh, I could talk about this for ages. Like the whole hamster wheel thing, like we were talking mm. about before, this whole idea of you have to hustle and you have to work, and you have to do it consistently, and you have to do it really well. And one of the things when you're a business owner, and this is one of the things that I work on with a lot of clients, women that run their own businesses that are showing up for their brand, or it could even be, you know, school students that have to do presentations. If you're showing up in front of an audience and you're trying to connect with an audience, you can't serve others if you don't serve yourself. 
So if you're not fueling yourself, if you're not sleeping, if you don't have good nutrition, if you're not looking after yourself, it's impossible for you to show up as your best self for your audience. So like you said, for me, I've felt pretty shocking the past few days. So I had to take time off work. And normally that's something that's incredibly uncomfortable and difficult for me to do because I've been ingrained that you can't take days off. Mm. Like hustle, 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 hustle. You have to work, you have to work. But I was really proud of myself for being able to do that because now I can show up stronger for my audience, which is what's the most important thing. Yeah, I love that. Short-term sacrifice for long-term Exactly right, yeah. I guess like we have to put this into perspective as well because not everyone's going to, not everyone listening is going to, either go and get speaking coaching from somebody else or reach out to you. What would you sort of give in terms of advice for someone who was maybe just wanting to be more confident in general every day? Yeah. Confidence is a funny thing Mm. because people always say, oh, just get more confidence or feel more confident. You're like, what is that? How (laughs) do I do it? Like, and with me, it was the longest journey ever. Like I was not the popular girl in high school. I, you know, didn't, I wasn't in the popular cliques. I didn't go to parties. So I had really low self-esteem. I was really freakishly tall in like year 10 when everybody was, had not had their growth spurts yet. So that one girl, that one girl (laughs) was me and she did not play basketball and I was chastised for it. So it's so many things that made me feel not confident and not beautiful and not like worthy in a room full of people. And it took a long time to reverse that mindset and reverse those thoughts. And one thing that I did that really helped was firstly, surrounding myself with people that make me feel good, Mm -hmm. right? And in doing that, you're consciously putting yourself in an environment of friends or loved ones, whoever it might be, who are reminding you of your best qualities. And when you struggle doing that on your own, you're not in the stage yet where you can actually give yourself those verbal affirmations. Allowing other people to do it for you is a great way to make you feel good and feel better and feel like, ooh, yeah, I'm cool, amazing. So a second way to do it is then through, like I mentioned before, verbal affirmations. Now, this is something that there's a lot of woo-woo about (laughs) affirmations and like speaking to yourself in the mirror, and I get it. But it's one thing I swear by. And I think if you can talk to yourself in the mirror and actually tell yourself things about yourself that you want to believe are true and you truly, you know, want to accept and and live by, I offer value to people's lives. I am loved. I am beautiful. Whatever it might be that resonates with you. At one point, that's got to stick. And you're going to wake up every morning slowly starting to believe the words that you say. And I know for me, a huge thing was my age. Huge. So in setting up a business, being a 22-year-old woman, I'm not 30. For a lot of people, they would much mm. rather learn from a 30-year-old because they you know, had more experience. I've had 14 years experience of training. I've had five years of coaching. You do the math. Like, it's, it's a lot, right? Yeah. And so for me, it was really difficult to start a company because I kept thinking, why would people want to learn from me? Like, I'm too young. I don't deserve to be doing this or I don't deserve to actually show up in front of an audience or to share what I know. And so... A big thing for me was actually having the affirmation of age doesn't matter. Yeah, that's really cool Your because age I have matter. the exact same issue. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do because yeah. when you think about it, a lot of the time you're going, especially in the business realm, you're going into a business after having X amount of years in the industry yeah. and this many degrees and all this life experience. Whereas, like, you and I, we're trying to help people based on the experiences we've gone through. Yeah. And that in itself is valid, but it's really hard for us to recognize that because we see everyone else doing something different. Yeah. And I think a lot of people need to come to terms with the fact that just because someone is like what I was saying before, when I was saying how I compare my journey all the time, I think everyone's got to come to the 
come to terms with the fact that just because you're doing something different to someone else doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Exactly right. Exactly right. Like your journey and your experiences are unique to you. Mm. And the comparison trap is so easy to fall into because whether it be through followers or likes or what, you know, awards someone has, you look at what they're doing, you look at what you're doing and you're thinking, oh my gosh, they're doing so much better than me. But you have to remember, you didn't start on the same day. And even if you did, you wouldn't achieve the same results. Why? Because you're two different people. Yeah. You learn differently. You think differently. You speak to people differently. You apply knowledge differently. You interpret mm. things differently. All different being the key word. So it's impossible for you to put the expectation on yourself to deliver the same product as someone else or to achieve the same followers or the same likes as someone else when you are a different person mm. and you're providing different unique advice and skills and knowledge and learnings than they are. And imagine how boring it would be if you were doing it the exact same as someone else. And this ties back to what I teach because I always say an imperfect voice is a beautiful voice. Mm. And I always say like that idea of if everybody sounded the same, like there's a whole idea of like what's a good speaker, someone that's like really articulate and projects well and, you know, rounds off their sentences and whatnot. If we all sounded like that, the world would be one mundane, boring place. Yeah, you know? 100%. So whether it be your voice or whether it be your skills or your attributes, it's embracing the uniqueness that you have in you and just being unapologetically you for that, mm. you know, and just saying, well, if you don't like it, that's okay. There's a great quote actually by Sally Prosser. who's another voice coach in Australia. And she says, you could be the shiniest the juiciest, the crispiest box, oh no, not box, apple in the box. <laughs> but at the end of the day, not everybody likes apples. Mm. And it's that whole idea of, well, I could be a really good looking watermelon, but not everybody likes watermelons. And yeah. it's being okay with that of not everybody has to like me. Yeah. And I know for me, getting rid of that people pleaser complex has taken a long time and I'm still working on it. Yeah. But I think that's foundational is just, if you don't like it, that's okay. There it's a hard thing to get over. 100%. Like it's not just, gonna, like what we were saying before, it's not just going to happen overnight. You have to constantly work on that yeah. and come to terms with the fact that, yeah, I'm just going to do me. I'm going to be me. And whoever wants to follow, follow. Yeah. Like go for it. Like your Instagram is a perfect example. You are putting stories up all the time, showing your face, showing you, genuinely you. Yeah. You're dancing on your story. You're talking to your followers. You're asking them questions. Not everyone's going to watch that and go, I need to follow this person. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. The point is the people that follow you are people that want to follow you. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're seeking to achieve there. Yeah. I've got a question. I have an answer, hopefully. Why do you boogie on your story? Oh, I love this. The daily boogie. So I don't know when this started, but somebody asked me what I do to prepare for an interview because I had an interview a few months ago. The boogies have been going on for a while, mm. but I just hadn't labeled them as the boogies. And a few months ago, I was preparing for an interview I put up in my story and someone asked the question, what do you do to prepare for an interview? And I released a video and you can find it in my highlights reels on my Instagram when you click on boogie. <laughs> and it's a video of me dancing to like Footloose, right? Gonna cut a footloose. That's all right. Yeah, don't Great make me song. sing. <laughs> I didn't make you. <laughs> oh, man. All right, didn't make me sing. Um, but dancing to that song before my interview. And I'm a firm believer that if you do something that puts you in a really good mood before you have to show up on camera or before you have to speak, you can't fail. Mm. Because energy is something that you can't fake. You can hear it in your voice and you can see it in faces. So that's why the app Clubhouse blew up. 
And that's why people on Clubhouse gained a lot of followers, not even because of the value that they offered, but because of the energy in their voice when they spoke. You could Mm. hear they were excited to be there. How do you get that energy? One of the two ways that I know is the boogie. So Mm. chucking on a good song, like an old, like, you know, um, road trip playlist and putting it through shuffle and just having a good dance. I'm a shocking dancer, appalling, terrible. And people tell me that and that's okay. (laughs) It's not for them. It's me. And it makes me feel really, really good. And the second thing I know is watching really funny videos. So Mm. I'm a big fan of Carl Barron, the Australian comedian. I love Carl Barron. Love Carl Barron. Very dirty comedy, but still amazing. Ocker Aussie. But he just gets me in a really good mood and he makes me feel really at ease. And there's something about watching someone perform on stage before you're about to speak or perform that can really help put you at ease. Mm. So the boogies were a way for me to show people this can not only make you feel great before you speak, but also it's going to teach you don't take yourself too seriously Mm. and just have fun with it. And if people chastise for you or make make fun of you for it, then go away. We, yeah, we don't need you. Cares. That's fine. Like, I don't care. I wouldn't yeah. call you at the end of the day for advice. So it doesn't bother me that you don't like it because mm-hmm. it's, I'm just doing me. You know what the other thing is as well? Like someone told me this maybe a year or two ago now. And I want everyone to think back to when they were in primary school. Hey everyone. Sorry to interrupt. I promise this will just take a couple seconds. I just wanted to say this podcast was made to benefit as many young people as possible. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and a review to share the word among others just like yourself. Also, don't forget to follow Uncle Nathan on Instagram at UncleNathanCo and DM us if you have any questions or simply just want to have a chat. Now, back to the episode. I want everyone to think back to when they were in primary school. You always remember the most embarrassing thing that you did, but try and think about the most embarrassing thing that your best friend did. Like, I guarantee nothing will come to mind. I think about the countless embarrassing embarrassing things that I did in primary school, but I don't remember a single thing that was embarrassing that one of my friends did. Like, yeah, you've got the massive things that happen and that's unfortunate, but you're, everyone is so caught up in their own world. And I don't say that in a bad way. Everyone is so caught up thinking about themselves. They're too busy to worry about what you're doing every day. Yeah. So yeah, you have a bad day and someone goes, why are you doing that? Oh, well, move on. Tomorrow's a new day. Everyone is going to forget about it. And you know what's funny? It's the exact same thing with your audience. So when you're standing up and presenting in front of a group of people, whether it be on Zoom or it be in front of a live audience, you always think, what if I stuff up? What if I make a mistake? What if I have a mental blank? And you're so in your own head. Guess what? The audience is too. Sure, they're listening, but to an extent. Nobody is 100% tapped in. So if you drop a pen or you sneeze, I guarantee you nobody remembers. And you make such a big deal out of it after the end of your presentation thinking, oh my God, I stuffed up or I did this wrong, did that wrong. And you have people patting you on the back saying, God, that was amazing. Well done. And you're like, didn't you just see the (laughs) 24-second mental blank that just went down? Was I the only party to that? They don't remember because they don't register it. Because like you said, we are all so in our own heads most of the time that we don't see or observe what's going on around us. Yeah, it's also what you said before. We're all our harshest critics. 100%. It happens to me when I walk off the soccer field. I'll walk off thinking that was the worst game of my life. And my dad or my girlfriend will come up to me and say, you played great. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, did you watch the same game as me? (laughs) And it's just, I think people need to understand that each day is a new day. Whatever you do that day, you're going to think about it a lot. That's fine. But wake up tomorrow and go, okay, fresh day. I'm going to start again. I'm going to do something differently today or I'm not going to do something differently today. I'm just going to watch who vibes with what I'm doing. 
and stick the course. If yeah. you're passionate about something, don't just give it up because the first person who comes along saying that's weird sort of startles you. Say, okay, that's fine. You have your opinion. I'll have mine. I'll continue with that. Yeah, and this is what's difficult about Australia is because we have tall poppy syndrome where yeah, you have this massively. need to like cut down everyone around you that seems to be doing well or seems to be mm. achieving. Now, I know for a fact the school that I went to, I was guilty of this. There was another girl in my year that was doing really well. We all talk shit about her. Mm. And I never realised I did this until I left school. I got out of that environment. I started to really work on myself as a, as a, as a young woman and I reflected on all these behaviours and I realised... God, for someone that really believes in female empowerment and on lifting others up, I did my fair share of putting others down. Yeah. And I feel like we all do that, but it's something that I feel like in the Australian culture particularly is so entrenched and so ingrained, we sometimes don't even realise it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for anybody listening, if you've had a buddy that's done really well recently, shoot him a text. You did good, you know. And if you have a friend who gave a presentation or whatever it might be, putting themselves out of their comfort zone, doing something out of the norm that might have been difficult for them or they've achieved something, hype them up mm-hmm. and make them feel good about it. Because like you just said, we're our harshest critics. So we're not going to do it. Chances are we don't celebrate the small wins. Mm. So it's nice to have other people remind us of that as well. Yeah, I agree. I think also it's a maturity thing. When you're young, it's a lot easier for you to say, they're doing something really cool. I'm not doing something really cool. Yeah, so true. I'm going to make myself feel better by making them feel less cool. Mm. And I think like as I've grown older, since I've finished school, actually I put a post on the Instagram the other day. The Instagram. The Instagram. The gram. <laughs> the gram. <laughs> I chucked a post up the other day and it was the things that change after you finish your HSC. And one of them was the fact that it was a sentence that was crossed off. It was like, friends put you down or something something along those lines. And I changed it and I said, friends lift you up yeah. if you've got the right friends around you. So true. Exactly what you said at the start of the episode. You want to surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up. And if they're not lifting you up, they're not for you. Yeah. Like, get out of there. Move on. You don't have to stay there anymore. You're not at school. You're not in the same class exactly. as Exactly. I'm a huge believer and I'm going to have so many people that laugh when they listen to this. I say it all the time. Your vibe attracts your tribe. And if you are like someone that. that puts out a negative vibe and you do negative self-talk and you don't believe in yourself, you're going to subconsciously attract a group of people who mirror the same behaviors and the same attitudes. If you're someone that, you know, just, you know, doesn't is not proud of themselves or talks shit to their parents or whatever, you're going to be surrounding yourself with people that do the same. And we all know that you're an average of the five people that you surround yourself with. So if the vibe that you're putting out is really positive and really uplifting, and sure, everyone has their down days, but to your core, you know that you're bettering yourself and you're kind and you're generous and you're a good-hearted human, you're going to subconsciously attract people in your life who reflect those behaviors as well Mm. and reflect that vibe. So I love that saying. I think it's important to remember that when that does happen, you've got to capitalize on it as well. Yes. Don't push those people away. Like... I am guilty of it all the time as well when I've got someone new coming into my life or even an old friend that maybe we've drifted and they're coming back into my life, which has happened quite a lot since finishing school. I think it's really easy to think back to when they left your life or think back to the person you used to be and think this person isn't for me. But I try and push it all the time as being as open-minded as you possibly can because like for me, I wouldn't have met you or I wouldn't have met Byron or Pace or any of those people if I was too scared to go on Clubhouse and too scared to reach out and interact with you guys. Yeah. Because I'm three, four, five years younger than you all. It it was a scary thing for me. Yeah. I won't lie. It it still is a scary thing for me interacting with you all. But it's this idea of if you want to become that person, 
that you, you idolize, which you should do, you should idolize the person you want to be. To do that, you're going to have to take those risks and jump out of that comfort zone. A hundred percent. And I really commend you for that and like the work that you're doing and how you just, you put yourself out of your comfort zone and you're, you're attracting all these amazing people into your life and you're providing so much value to this audience. It's just phenomenal. Thank you. Can we mention for a second, we met on Clubhouse. Yeah. Like, is this the new norm? of, of bizarre, isn't it? Isn't that crazy? I know. You know, how's your experience been with that app? Um, up and down. Yeah. I don't think many of my audience would be on Clubhouse. So for those that don't know, it's basically, what would you call it? A social media where instead of messaging, you talk to yeah, each other. Yeah, it's like, it's like a live podcasting app, really. So you mm. can join different rooms where people specialize talking on different things. And it's kind of like a big uh, audio community. Yeah, it's quite cool. And it's very different because mm. it's not like the typical social media where you get to text and be anonymous. Yeah, It's you speaking with your name there. Yeah. Um, I've quite enjoyed it more for personal growth because I get to meet people like you guys and I get to speak to incredible people doing incredible things mm. in a place that I don't have to actually physically be with them. Yeah. I don't have to physically book in a meeting with them on Zoom. Yeah. So I've loved it for that because you get incredible value from incredible people around the entire world. Yeah. But at the same time, it also is like what you were saying before, it is a grind. Yeah. And it's like if you really want to get something out of the app, you've really got to put into the app. Um, obviously you can just be a bystander and listen all the time, but I feel for me, the whole point that I would be on the app is to get value and give value. Mm. Um, so I, I do like it, but I also don't think it's going to be an app like Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat or an app because it's not really for everyone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think it's been great. But like you said, I think you burn out pretty quickly because you, you're talking for such a long time. And one of the things I've worked on with clients is how to actually allow their voice to withstand four-hour clubhouse rooms, mm. you know, because the voice isn't designed to speak nonstop for four hours. So that's been something interesting. But for me personally, I like showing up on camera. I resonate more when I see people's faces, you know, whether that be through lives or through stories or through TikTok or short-form videos, whatever it might be. So for me and my audience, I like showing up for them. Mm. And I like being on camera and actually not because I like being on camera. Like, my God, my first photo shoot was last year for crying out loud and it went abysmal. <laughs> like, I felt the need to dress in all these corporate law pantsuits and professional shirts. Like, I found it so interesting before how you said, I looked at your website and it doesn't look like you. Like, it doesn't mm. give your vibe. And for anybody listening, it probably hasn't changed yet. So check it out and you'll notice the yeah. vibe is not me. And that's what's really amazing is that I felt the need to look like this, and I was compensating for my age, the need to look like this professional, corporate, young, intelligent, serious businesswoman who wore mm. fancy shirts and straight black jackets and <laughs> ooh, very fancy, you know. But in reality, I coach in jeans and a t-shirt, literally what I'm wearing, you know. And that's something I talk about a lot on my Instagram. It's been a lot of my recent posts lately is actually one way to feel confident when speaking is showing up in clothes that help you feel confident. Mm. So if you're someone that doesn't feel confident or in their comfort zone when they're wearing a really tight, ill-fitting suit or pantsuit, unless you absolutely have to wear that, try and customize it in a way that feels more comfortable for you. So that way you feel more in your element when you're speaking. Yeah, I think that's really good. Was it always like that for you? No way. Absolutely not. Like, How did you change that mentality <laughs> of the camera scares me to I want to be in front of the camera? When I realized that the only way to really help my audience was to show up for them. Mm. And I care too deeply about the audience I want to serve. And it goes back to this selfish thing. I believe that with the knowledge that I know and the experience that I have and the skills I can offer, it's selfish of me to not show up on camera. Mm. 
it's terrifying sometimes. Like, God, you can go on Instagram and watch my first live. It was a train wreck. I didn't know where the button was. <laughs> I was starting, I was like, well, the weather's nice today. And, oh, one minute's passed. This is cool. Yeah, oh, gosh, okay. Like, I was shitting myself. I was terrified. But the more I did them, the easier they became. And now I really look forward to doing lives. And I did mm. actually, the other week, a seven-day live challenge where every single day yeah, I, I had to show up on live. And for me... That really challenged my perception of to show up on live, I have to look good and I have to be in like an office space because I have a studio space where I coach. Yeah. That challenged that because there were days where I wasn't in my studio. Mm. I wasn't in nicer looking clothes. I was in active wear or I was in a hoodie or whatnot. Yet I showed up on camera. And the funny thing is I realized I got no messages about why are you in a hoodie or like why yeah. are you doing that? Because the audience doesn't care. It's still me showing up. And if anything, that probably increased their ability to relate to me and to, you know, really build that authentic connection with me because it's me showing up on camera mm. as me. Yeah, I love that. And I think for anyone listening who doesn't have an audience, like we have an audience, like mm. we're purposely trying to serve an audience yes. with some specific value. I think to put that into perspective for them, it's more make your Instagram, make your Snapchat, mm. make your TikTok represent you. Yes. Don't try and create content because at the end of the day, whether you've got social media for business or for personal, you're creating content. Yeah. So don't try and create that content to be someone that people that you want people to think you are. Yeah. Well, how long can you hold up a facade? Yeah, it's exhausting. not very long. You know, you'd get, you'd get really tired of it you'd st and you'd start to not enjoy showing up for your audience. Mm. And you wouldn't feel like you were really connecting with what you were talking about or what you were showing up for. So 100% just showing up as yourself. And like we said before, it takes a certain maturity. It takes a certain knocking back and standing back up. But if people don't like you, it's okay. Mm. It really is okay. It's not the end of the world. You will find your tribe. The more trial and error, it's throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. You know, and the I more love your times analogies. you throw it. You got so many. Some <laughs> <laughs> box full of analogies. But the more time you throw it, your accuracy is going to improve over time, you know, Definitely. and it's, start, it's going to start to stick. So you're going to start finding people who love you showing up on camera when you're, you know, playing basketball in the afternoon after school and you've, mm. you haven't gotten the past three hoops, but you start to get four now and you start to get five and you. That's a bad analogy, but you know what I'm saying? I'm such a good Practice record. makes perfect. Yeah, exactly right. Practice makes perfect, yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's what you were saying before, how creating that facade and maintaining it is so exhausting. Yeah. I think it's also a confidence crusher when you're trying to be someone you're not. Because the whole time, you know you're not that person. You know what you're putting on social media isn't you and it's not going to be forever. So I think the minute that you realize, okay, I'm going to do me. I'm going to put whatever I want on social media. That's the point where it is so much easier to be confident to be you because the people that are left are the people that want to be with you. Yeah. And that's not just social media. That's life in general. Yeah. I think way too many people have a mask on mm -hmm. in public. And like that's no fault of their own. Like yeah. people are brought up to create those walls and have those barriers through complete, like completely subconscious things. 100%. But I also think it's important to work on that and eventually get to that person that doesn't have the barrier, doesn't have the wall, and understand that the people that stick around are there because they want to be with you. Definitely. And it takes a lot of self-awareness and work to get to that point. Like this is something, people listening, like I said before about habits, this was not overnight. This has taken many, many years to get to a place where I felt I could be myself around people and the boogies happened. And if you don't like them, move on, you know. Mm. And it's it's taken a while to get to a point where I feel comfortable and confident enough in myself to do that. 
But one thing I wanted to mention when talking about masks is often on social media, the reason we wear them is because we feel like it's what people want to see. Mm. So we're showing up as what other people expect us to show up as. And a lot of the time that's to do with numbers. So we want, you know, one of the things with lives, I was on a live the other week and uh, the lady, Majili, who I was on with made a really interesting comment. And she said how when you're on live, the most intimidating thing is how you can see the number of people that are on live. Have you done an Instagram live before? I haven't, but I know that you can see them. I'm going to get you on an Instagram live. I've been listening going, okay, I need to do this. <laughs> I'm getting you in. Uh, so you can see the number of people that show up on live, right? And she was saying how, you know, it can be quite disheartening to start a live and have zero and then maybe one or maybe two. But then we discussed the analogy of imagine that you're at a party, right? And you're sitting with one friend and you say, I have an amazing story I need to tell you. Mm. Oh, wait, hang on. Can we get some more people? Um, <laughs> hey, sorry, can you come over here and can you grab Jason and Jack from the back? Yeah, guys, can you come? Milia, can you come? Sorry, I just need more people to... We wouldn't do that in real life. Yeah. Like you would talk earnestly and genuinely with the person that you're with. So that one person that shows up on live or that one person that likes your post or whatever, or that one follower... It's a human being. Mm. Treat them like one. Yeah, They're not a number, that. you know. And this is someone that's shown up because they resonate with your message and they identify with who you are as a person mm. and they respect the value that you bring. It's a disservice to treat them as anything but that. And interact with them. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started on interacting. Yeah. Engagement. They're like... Ugh. If people are like, I was going to get the attention. <laughs> Just straight my back. Go for it. <laughs> if people are showing up for your brand, right, and they're commenting and they're liking and they're interacting with you, the way to build a community is to do the service of interacting with them back. You, mm. you engage with them again. You you comment and you send them personal messages. The one thing I advocate for with all the women that I work with, if you get an Instagram message, like a DM, respond with a video message. Mm. I love the video message. Always always respond with a video message because there's no other way to connect with someone than, oh my gosh, they've taken the time to to send this to me and, yeah. wow, oh, it's not a copy-paste. It's actually, they said my name. Wow. That shows that they've gone out of their way. They care about you. They're invested mm. in you. And some of the deepest relationships that I forged with clients who I now consider friends all started from that interaction in DMs of them reaching out to me with a message and me replying with eight videos being like, girl, I see you, I got you, let's talk, you know, yeah. that whole thing. And I think that's one of the, the best ways to really foster genuine engagement with an audience. Mm, I love that. Let's jump over to 10 under 10. <laughs> Don't get nervous. I'm nervous. All right. We're just going to jump jump into it. I'm ready. A few of them are open-ended, so you can discuss if needed. Okay. But try and be concise okay. if you can. I will try. Number one, would you rather... Mm -hmm. speak in front of 10,000 randoms or 50 of your closest friends? 10,000 randoms. Why? I want to know the answer. Sorry. Elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> because the 50 of my closest friends would already know a lot about what I'm speaking about. I feel like I could mm. serve 10,000 randoms a mm. lot more. Interesting. Cool. Nice. Concise. Slightly terrified. <laughs> Number two. Yeah. You're a speaking coach. I am. Do you prefer to listen or speak? Oh, no, what a terrible question. <laughs> oh, gosh. I should say listen. No, oh, but it's, it's definitely speaking. <laughs> I think because it's my job and I just, I love talking and I, I love being able to communicate with people. I love to listen, but I think all my friends would say speak as well. Big talker. I think it's an interesting one because you should embody your passion and your passion is speaking. Everyone always says you should be a good listener and I'm sure you are a good listener when you're not being paid to teach someone how to speak. Anyway, I tried to move. We'll move on. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question three. 
you walk into a party late. Are you the kind of person that goes around and says hi to everyone or are you trying to act like you've been there the whole time? Oh, say hi to everyone, yeah. of course. I would like grab a drink and then just hug, 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 <laughs> hug, hug everybody in the room. Yeah, 100%. Cool. I think that shows a lot of confidence. Yeah, well, that's so true, actually. But I think when you enter a room or you're entering an event or you're entering a party, first impressions are everything. Mm. And if you kind of cower into the back of the room and you don't really want to socialize or talk to anyone, you're not creating an environment where people want to talk to you. Mm. So just taking control and being like, hey, my name's blah, blah, and how are you? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really easy. It's two sentences. And if they, they don't want to talk to you, then just move on to someone else. Yeah, I agree. Everyone's drunk anyway. Just drink more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally. You forget about it in five minutes. <laughs> you forget about it, yeah. <laughs> uh, question four. Books or podcasts? Oh. So for a long time, books, but most recently, podcasts I'm loving podcasts cool i think because they're just so convenient you can listen to them wherever whereas a mm. book's physical um yeah podcasts yeah i love reading but i've been getting into audio books lately mm. because you can just do it in the car yes exactly right yeah. in the car so convenient thing. in yeah. the car walking yeah the main yeah. main places i listen to podcasts reels or tiktok uh so for content creation reels yet to be on tiktok uh but for just watching TikTok. Mm. I feel like I really enjoy just watching TikTok and like attention span. It, it's just, it's so easy to I just know. flick through and just watch and watch and watch. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to get into my opinion of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you a morning or a night person? Morning. Cool. Do you save your money or invest it? Uh, both. So always been a, a good saver, mm. but only recently just got into investing. Cool. So that's been kind of a new journey for me. But In what? Uh, I have Spaceship, which is the oh, yeah. cool. like investment app for young people. Micro-investing. Promo. <laughs> it's not sponsored. Spaceship sponsored me. <laughs> but, I don't get enough viewers for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it. Shoot my shot. <laughs> um, question eight. What would you tell 17-year-old Annalise? Oh, God, 17-year-old. She had no idea what she was doing. It's hard because... I am who I am today because of the mistakes that I made mm. and the learnings that I had. But I think a main thing I would say to her is don't live up to anybody's expectations but your own. I was a person who wore a mask for far too long. The degree that I'm doing is because I wanted to please other people, not because mm. I wanted to do it. So I would have said to her, just do what you want to do and live up to your own expectations. Stop being a people pleaser. Love that. We didn't talk at all about your degree, but just for everyone listening, you're doing a... I'm doing a double Bachelor of Law in Mandarin. What uni? UTS. Yeah, best uni. Best uni. Shout out UTS, sponsor me. <laughs> sponsor <myself>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Two questions left. What's the biggest risk you've ever taken? Starting my own business. Mm. That was so far in the discomfort zone, I cannot even tell you. And, you know, making the commitment to this is how I'm going to make a living. This is how I'm going to serve people. I have to make it work. It's like the scariest thing ever. So and a huge risk, which is slowly, hopefully paying off. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, <laughs> was it worth it? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I am excited to even think about where I could be in five years' time or 10 years' time. Like I, I envisioned it to be really big with like the, the audience that I could serve. So I'm just super excited. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that mentality. Um, last question. Mm -hmm. Who inspires you? Oh, I love this question. Super easy for me. Uh, it's actually my sister. Mm. Um, 
Georgia, we have always been close and she's just a formidable young woman with just the most incredible mindset. She's so courageous. She's so confident. And she's my older sister. And she's taught me so much about what it means to be someone who is unforgivably yourself. You stand on your own two feet. You make mistakes. You stand back up. And she's someone who I aspire to be like every day and I will probably for the rest of my life. That's awesome. Shout out, Georgia. <laughs> Sponsor me. <laughs> Sponsor me, please. I'm broke. <laughs> For someone who was so nervous to answer those 10 questions, you did pretty good. Thank you so much. I mean, questions. speaking coach, you'd hope you'd do you pretty good. Well, what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> Annalise, thank you so much for coming on. Where can everyone find you on the socials? Well, thank you for having me. So if you are on Instagram, you can find me at her speaking coach. You can find me online at McCarthy. That's A-N-N-E-L-I-S-E-M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y.com. <laughs> Make it a song. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed this. It's amazing. Yeah, I've loved it. Cheers. And that's a wrap. Cheers for tuning into the Post School Podcast. I've been your host, Nathan Moss. If you want to read any of the show notes from today's episode or simply check out the Uncle Nathan community, be sure to head over to UncleNathan.com or follow us on Instagram at UncleNathanCo. Thanks for listening and catch you next time.